Welcome to Dino Nugget Daycare, where we eat dino nuggets and talk about academic stuff. I'm Tori Moronis, and I read Blink. I'm Michael McComas, and I read Into the Wild. I'm Joaquin, and I read Tribe. I'm Freddie Zapata, and I read Tribe. I'm Francesca, and I read What Made Maddie Run. So, I read Blink, and this week we technically read were about that there's this test that you can take that uh talks about how you can even if you don't think you're racist you can't be racist because everyone's a little bit racist and it kind of talks about how the fact that um you could take the test as many times and you would still kind of get the same answer but there was this guy who watched the olympics and he watched one of the colored people doing the um like run and he took the test like five minutes later and he got like not racist at all and so that kind of shows like your uh your like mind like switching their opinions because you like saw something good and not bad um the test had this thing where you would have to place in categories like the categories would be like names so like boys and girls, and then you would have to put the names into boys and girls. But for the racist test, it was like African-American and um, European-American and then good and bad. And like uh, scientifically, it was like weird that like a lot of people couldn't like place good with African-American or bad with um, European-American. Um, and it was really hard for a lot of people to like understand like why that was going on. But um, it makes me think about, you know, Martin Luther King with his whole speech about we need to, like, accept people. And he wants his children to have, like, a place where, like, no one's racist, except that's still not happening today. Because even though that we're still having okay, like, times, it's still, we're all still, like, having hard times accepting everything. Another thing that happened was... um they had this game in militaries um, that would help them strategize for war. And so they had the blue team and the red team and the red team was the enemy and the blue team was the, the U S and what they did is even though they said it was just a game, it um, they would send in the results, but they would alter the results to show that they won and not the other team. And they would send it to the government. Um, one thing I thought was really interesting about this is um this kind of reminds me of the game, like, Battleship, where, yes, you can cheat very easily if your, like, opponent goes to, like, the restroom. You can, like, check their board so you know exactly where to pin them because um, that's technically what they did. They just took the scores from the other team and submitted them as the blue team and not the red team. And that's what the book was about. Hi, I'm Michaela, and I read Into the Wild um, this week. It was basically... Um, it started off with the author like describing someone else's story like like relating him to somebody and then moves on to um how everyone in the town found out about chris and his death and if you remember there was this guy named jim who was Basically, the beginning in the beginning of the book, he got a ride from him and felt really bad and didn't want him to die because he had less resources. And 
Jim found or saw like a news report and of Chris and was like, oh my goodness, I know who that is. And was so sad and told the police that um, he was from South Dakota, which was a lie that um, Chris told him. And so they went up to South Dakota and tried to find um, his parents. But what, what they found was Wayne, who had helped him got, get jobs and in South Dakota and fed him and cleaned him. And so they found out as well and were really sad. And so that's how everyone really found out. And then it moves on to explaining about his parents' lives and his father married and had kids and then remarried, which was Chris's mom and had a family um, and how they met um, Chris's mom and they would always like fight. So Chris and his sister would like get along really well and they grew a strong relationship, which was really cool. Um, and then it also moves on to um, where the author describes one of his stories, uh, climbing the devil's thumb in Alaska and trying to relate it to Chris and never wanting to give up. And, but he like had to eventually. And Chris is going into the wild and submerging himself and with little resources. And then once he's like almost to that point of like, oh no, he has to come back to civilization. And that's basically what the author did. He went up to the mountain and he couldn't go any farther and he felt like he was gonna die. So he had to come back down. Um, so it kind of like related a lot to the story. And yeah, that was my book. My name is Freddie. I'm Joaquin, and we'll be talking a little bit more about tribes. So um, in this week's installment, uh, the author, Sebastian Younger, goes into depth more about how PTSD and how it affects veterans and how just overall our society slash community isn't as connected as it used to be. It's hard for them to get back to society because uh, they're like so used to being in the war and, and they're like adapted to to basically fight in the war. Once they get back to society, like it's hard for them to... To, to come back to these changes. He also talks about how some like crisis or disaster brings people closer together. Like in a natural disaster, for example, um, do you remember that part at all? Or okay, well, um, he talks. He was. It was like um, I think a war going on in some like I think want to say a more eastern country, and there are just people holed up in like a com small community in the basement and. Well, they were, um, as one, the author tells us the story of one of his friends, that she just kept saying that she was just so much happier. And although they were, like, struggling for food, they were just so much happier because they were so much closer together and um, loved living together, uh, enjoying each other, sharing these awful moments together. It was just brought us a whole sense of community, which um, you just don't, he explains that you just don't get in our modern society. Um, and, the, and the book, it tells you, like, how war is kind of good, because, uh, like, when you're in the war, like, you, like, feel like you're connected with everybody, and how, um, you're, like, you're, like, you're, like, 
brought much closer to each other and how like you all experience the same thing and everything like and everything like that. Um, and I mean, I think he kind of just brings across the point throughout this his whole book that he's not saying that war is necessarily a good thing, but just like yeah, it just brings people together because it just kind of throws away all that like I want to say, for lack of a better word, crap about um oh I'm. I'm like a different class or a richer. Oh, um, I'm not, I'm trying to be perfect. I can't do this whatsoever. They're just kind of together out there trying to survive. It just brings a whole new sense of like belonging and community that you just, I guess, wouldn't experience anywhere else. That's all. Okay, so for this week of what made Maddie run, we get to dive deeper into how she's feeling at college, like we have been reading about. And during reading these next few chapters, um, Maddie comes home comes home for Thanksgiving break. And a lot of her friends realize just the difference in her. Like she doesn't have the light or spunk that she used to, which is really sad and hard to read about because she was always such an energetic person and the fact that her friends and family realized that something was going on meant that it was really serious. Um, Maddie ended up going back to school after Thanksgiving break and then coming back again because she was so anxious. And what I took note of was how, um, what's the word? (laughs) How like on top of it, her parents were, they were always trying to do the best for Maddie no matter what schoolwork she had going on or what was happening with Chuck. Um, They were always there for Maddie trying to do the best thing for her, which I found very interesting. And also we get to hear about the insight from a couple of therapists talking about where depression might be coming from uh, in teenagers because it's so apparent nowadays and the roots of them. One of the therapists talks about the race to nowhere, which is, basically the achievement status driven culture that it says that our kids are raised in which I find um, very relatable Um, and then also I took note of how she talks about when she got to college she kind of lost a sense of who she was because she always felt like her identity was found in running and how when she got to college that was a lot of what she was surrounded with, like everyone's identity was that they were a runner. So I found that interesting about how it tied into this week's topic of the development of collective individual identity and how they talk about Maddie felt that she exerted most of her control on her social media, which explains why she always fled to Instagram or Snapchat or whatever to show that she was having like a good time even though she wasn't it was just because she felt like she could control what she was putting out into the world which is relatable for a lot of us and then um kate fagan at the end of the chapter we read goes to the university of massachusetts and talks with a couple of students there about like their anxiety and depression so we get to hear about like real life people going through it right now and one of the statistics I found was really interesting was six people died within a 13-month period at Penn, um, Maddie being one of those. So that was basically what happened this week.
So our essential question for this week is how does technology and modernization influence the development of collective and individual identity? Let's start. So in, we first saw a TED Talk um, and it was about just like our phones and how they control us and I thought like something interesting from it was that we're losing the skill of like socializing and talking to each other because we'd rather text or go on social media and text them or like we'd rather do that than actually physically like talk with somebody which is kind of like sad to hear like it's a lost skill um that we're losing and keep losing and and that if we're alone we have to be on our phones so it doesn't look like we're alone or that um I definitely feel like a lot of anxiety and just like trying to fit in comes from social media and trying to stay like connected because definitely for me like I feel like if I don't if I'm not on my phone like I'm gonna lose connection yeah and like I definitely think that we should a couple times just disconnect from like online and actually see what we're missing in the world because um yeah as they said in the uh the TED talk our phones do control us mm-hmm. I feel like social media actually has a much deeper role than we feel like because um, from what I've noticed, I feel like teens these days have an unhealthy obsession with like having others view how others view like your own life because social media just kind of allows us to sort of, in a sense, manipulate how we look to others. Like you can add a filter, you can smile a lot, and it just makes you seem like you're having the time of your life, right? But like that's only like what point zero zero one percent of your actual total life. Like mm-hmm. how many times you're actually gonna feel be like that? You know, it's not constant. It just makes it seem like it's a constant happiness for you, but it's not really. Mm-hmm. It kind of just makes it like sort of an unhealthy relationship between you and your phone or you and your social media, you and others, because you're not exactly experiencing these things. You're just making it seem like you are. And or, you know, that's like two sides. Yeah. Like at the beginning we talked about how we let technology take us places that we don't want to go. But it's like, what would that look like to not let technology do that? Not to let technology like rule over your life, but to have that control over it, knowing like, okay, there are pros and cons to social media and technology. Like, what would it look like if I had enough self-control to only go on Instagram for 30 minutes a day Mm -hmm. and only post like things that I just want to like share with the world out of just wanting to share it Mm -hmm. and not oh, I want to make others, like, think my life is like that. And there's yeah. a very, like, fine line, I think. Mm-hmm. But it makes – because I go through, like, for me, like, social media is like a relationship. Like, we go through, like, good times and bad times where I have control over it. And I, it's fun and it's a creative outlet for me. And then I go through times where I'm comparing myself to people and I'm like, why the heck do I even have this? Mm-hmm. And I think times like that is when, like, you should unplug and you should reset. Yeah. A good thing that you can do on your phone is um, set time limits because then you can shut down the app where you can't, like, have your parents, like, put in a code where you don't know it and, like, (laughs) one hour or, like, 30 minutes on, like, a social media platform and then it will shut down and then it won't be back until, like, the next day and then you have to, like, pace yourself because you only have that time limit. Yeah, and I thought it was really sad how I talked about we're losing our communication skills mm-hmm. with others because I think like that's one of the most important things that we have now yeah. is yeah. the ability to communicate and build relationships with others. I've been seeing that a lot with the freshmen this year. <laughs> like if you notice that anytime you see a group of freshmen, they're either on their phones or they're not talking to each other and they're just sitting there. And it's like 
just talk to each other. Like, I feel like with our generation is we know how to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. We just choose not to. We just choose to be on our phones and communicate that way. But with the freshman's generation is that they honestly don't know how to communicate with people. Yeah. And it's just been, like, keep growing. It's, it really is. And it's sad that, like, like it said, like, in the – like, she mentioned, like, in the future that – Maybe there will be machines or robots yeah. that will like yeah, take care of us that's and like so be weird. our communication. And honestly, and that makes everything worse. Yeah. I feel like because yeah. then you're not communicating with humans. Like you feel like you're the robot, and that's the only like thing that is going to talk to you or care about you because like you personally think that nobody else cares about you, that mm-hmm. they're not talking to you. It's just that you're not talking to them and you're not socializing with them. So you need a yeah. robot to do that for you. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so I, I have a question for all of you, because I don't know if this is just me, but I brought this up in our book discussion for when we did the book discussion for blank. When I'm on technology, my dad points out a lot when I get too obsessed with my phone, I my emotions change and I start being more snappy and more like mean. Mm-hmm. I'm like very like, prone to just like screaming at him for no reason but like do you any of you like do your emotions get changed from social medias or just like your perspective I mean, on a I lot? wouldn't say like my emotions change but I say like um when I deal with the change of emotion just in general not due to social media like I shut down and go on my phone yeah like it's kind of like an escape for me yeah it's not like if I'm on it too much then I change mm-hmm. kind of confusing but <laughs> I feel like my emotions do change. Like even in John Comer's article, he goes as far as to call uh, their phone addictive and how we have a digital addiction, right? It kind of makes it seem like as a technology that we have, it's kind of like sort of a drug and we're addicted. And every time we try to like control ourselves, we can't because it's addictive. You're, tr- you're all, always constantly want to go back. It's impulsive. And I mean, sure, like you might have a mood change because if it is addictive, like, I don't know, any other drug, like for example, I don't know, um, marijuana that's addictive um you're gonna have withdrawal effects that can that can also like be mood changes which i guess some of us including you have experienced mm-hmm. that's cool um so how is this changing our collective and individual identity um i wrote down that we can like begin to feel excluded from even our own individual identity because we lose a sense of like who we are and we get like confused if you're on like social media enough and you're like looking at your feed you're like wait a second like it's not me <laughs> so like you kind of lose a sense of like who you are and like mm-hmm. what your true individual identity is i definitely think like follower count is a big thing for definitely collective because when you like, you want all these, like, big followers because you see your friends have, like, a 1,000 followers and you have, like, 700. And, like, you want more and you want to, like, be, like, a part of the group. And then you don't realize that even though you don't have a lot of followers, you should be posting what makes you happy, not mm-hmm. what makes other people see you differently. Yeah. And I think it's, like, overlooked a lot uh, that, like, social media can be a platform for, like, encouragement or, like, mm-hmm. a connection with people who need it. And, mm-hmm. Like, we always think about the negative effects, of, like, comparison and insecurities, but, like, we never talk about, like, the positive effects, you know? I yeah. feel like there's a lot. If you do learn to have control over it, which I think is a skill that you can learn, then it could be something good for you. But, it could be better. But. Than what it is now. A lot of the time. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's two, there are two ways that you could take away from social media. You could use it to, yeah, either good or bad. Like, yeah. you could use it to like like want to be like everybody else and want to be normal when 
like you could actually just start like sharing like where you went on vacation like yeah. like that's like fun and like not like smiling at the beach or something I don't know going back to the negative of social media I think the biggest reason or my biggest problem with it is it doesn't exactly decide what it wants to be because like at one point you have this like ideal everyone wanting to be perfection all this uniform stuff right <laughs> at the same time our culture kind of like expects us to be unique in our own way like be perfect like be better than the rest right but then at the same time you have everyone else um i don't know for example models like showing off their brand new clothes i don't know whatever bands yeah. stuff and then it's making other people want to buy the same things so that's like a popular thing to do and so it's just kind of like conflicting ideas that just it's like going back and forth right it's kind of like in the middle you just it's not good to exactly be in the middle of that because like you can either stress perfection or either stress everyone being the same you can't yeah. just like be both because mm-hmm. then you wouldn't be perfect at i guess mm-hmm. i think there are some positives to our phones because i like listening to music when i'm stressed and like oh, yeah. use, doing it for homework and like yes like i know it's like bad for like your neck and like <laughs> to like your eyesight but i do like watch like videos on my phone not just like youtube i like go on netflix and like hulu and stuff mm-hmm. and i'll like watch like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or like other like TV shows like that but like I like having my phone for like that because if I'm doing homework and I don't want to like turn on my TV or like something's going on I don't want to like look up because I don't like looking up and down I can have my phone yeah Yeah. Yeah. but there are like positive and negatives to having a phone yeah it's it all depends on how you use it yeah I think my biggest my biggest question for this week would be like just how much is technology really going to impact us because like in the alter ego source like it legit started saying that gene editing is possible and people can like legit customize their own mm-hmm. babies like that's not even natural that's they can so also they can also now apparently put like images or memories into your like brain or take out memories from like your past all, it, the, just out. <laughs> all the bad memories yes yeah and they Which, can like get rid of like diseases that might cause like to happen in the future or like, talk about like a false identity <laughs> like, like that's 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 well, basically yeah. under your parents control which yeah. is how we're living really like sort of like when we were kids mm-hmm. so like they're already controlling you before you're even born like yeah that's crazy like they you're they're changing you so other people will see you as like amazing and like yeah. they want people to see you as great strong big really smart like and they're creating something that they want other people to see and and like enjoy to see um, yeah it like makes you wonder if like like back in born or whatever like if they felt like they were supposed to be a, a, like a different way you know mm-hmm. yeah like if they feel like, like I feel like I'm not supposed to be like this. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird. I, I know it's, like, kind of sad, but I do miss, like, in elementary school when, like, you would have your friend group and no one would have a phone. And you would actually, like, hang out, play, yeah. and, like, talk with everyone. And I get, like, a lot of people are, like, too old to be on, like, a playground. But, like, honestly, I still would love to go back to my elementary <laughs> school and play on the playground with my friends. Yeah, you can find me at the monkey bars anytime. Yeah, I the hated the monkey time? bars. When was the last time you guys, like, or how long, or when was the last time you guys went without your phone? I went without my phone for two weeks, but that was because I was grounded. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had, like, 12 missing assignments. I mean, like, like a week. 
fell on vacation. Like, we didn't have any, any, any. Yeah. 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 I guess a week, too. Yeah. Did you guys notice when you disconnected, when you come back to, like, not being on your phone, like, you see a lot of people, like, looking down at their phones and not, like, communicating mm-hmm. with people? Oh, it's so but bad like, at restaurants. Did you guys feel like the itch to, like, get your phone, or did you enjoy, like, not having I, I liked not you having my phone. Yeah, I, I like not having I, I got to do a lot more, like, stuff I liked, like, reading and doing art and, like, singing and all of that. It's just the fact that, like, I didn't have access to it. I was, like... Oh, I don't need my phone. But, like, yeah. if it's just sitting there, I might want it to sit there. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to scroll down Instagram. In um, the podcast we listened to, it basically, like, the big question was this, like, like, how is it better? Like, it's better without, and, like, as we're saying, like, it's nice to be without our phones, and, like, 80% people, like, wake up, like, on their phone. Yeah. Which I do it, too, so I'm not going to, like can't like say anything about it but um like that's crazy to like think about and like we're just swimming in this digital pool just like trying to like sort of get out but like stay you're you still want to stay in like people are telling you to get out but you like want to stay and like you can't do much even just like looking at all the technology technological advancements mm. like not even just focusing in on your phone is kind of like scary how far we're going with it and watches that could talk to you yeah and- okay in the <laughs> article the john comer Alexa article, and a goldfish oh has a higher attention span than humans wait what yeah. a goldfish now i know who didn't read it like what <laughs> a goldfish like what like, I'm speechless. I can't even talk about that. Oh my That's God. so sad. The like, fact that a goldfish I mean, that can't talk or think it, for it, itself. You're living in a fishbowl. What else are you going to do? That is true. <laughs> You'll find new ways to have swimming patterns. That just yeah. shocked me. Yeah. yeah. bubble will probably catch your attention <laughs> Um, I definitely have to say, like, to me, it's creepy how we we have we okay the whole blow up on like facebook with the creator of facebook like sending out personal information um but like these people who are saying this have echoes and like alexas in their houses which are listening to them 24 7 and they're like, oh, no, no, they're not. Because when the light comes on, then Alexa is listening. But how does she know you called her name? Like, she knew. She, she, she's listening. Echo, Google, uh, Alexa, they're all listening, like, 24-7. And, like, to me, that's creepy, having someone listening to your personal conversations, like, at all times. Yeah. Kind of relating to that, I found it very shocking that even people in the, like, the very own tech industry find that technology is sort of becoming a danger yeah. to us. Because like, where was it that I read this? Um, he, they, he, um, people saying that apps were like in device were intentionally engineered to steal your attention, which is, I mean, kind of crazy considering that's a kind of job. But even then, even they are fearing it now, which is mm-hmm. like, why are they still working there? They're causing their own Did you guys do the like when we were in class, like when she had us like check how many hours we had for the week mm-hmm. what was your do you guys remember your hours oh, it was bad i, I mean, had two that was, that was like six. six jeez yeah that was all I think music it was like <laughs> yeah it's all music yeah for me too. i honestly like <laughs> <laughs> that's me 
I'm um, like, I can't stop. Just sit in the corner. <laughs> you have to scroll down one time and you're hooked. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like TikTok's the new, like, everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. The anyway, new vibe. Back to this. I wanted yeah. to talk about um, how the, like, hustle of life has, like, taken a lot of things away from us. Like, uh, Sabbath, which is, like, not even, even if you, like, aren't religious, just having, like, a day to, like, recoup and stuff. I feel like we don't have enough, like, time for that anymore because, mm-hmm. like, society tells you, like, you have to keep going. And if you just, like, sit still for a second, like, you're like losing time you're losing uh, time you could be like, doing something or working on something and it's so sad just to like i know like some places will do like chick-fil-a is closed on sundays kanye thank you kanye um make that song you guys know that mm-hmm. but um but like i just think that's like we all love chick-fil-a it's a good representation of just saying that like even chick-fil-a one of the favorite like restaurants from everyone takes a day just to like self have I can't have a self day yeah just like taking a day for like self-discovery yeah and I think that like our world would look a lot different if we still practice that Mm -hmm. even if you like aren't Christian or uh, whatever religion okay yeah So, yeah, we talked about how technology can really change your individual and collective identity. Um, And we we talked about a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, Make sure you tune in next time when we have our next question. Um, And, yeah, thank you for listening to Nugget Dino Nugget Daycare. (laughs)